Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Beyond organic sleep. Marinero. The sick podcast. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't easy. But Italy remains perfect at Euro 2020 with a 2-1 win. An extra time versus Austria. Joining me right now to talk about the game, former professional soccer player, Sandro Grande. Ciao, Sandro. Ciao, Tony. Come stai? Bene, grazie, Sandro. But I got to tell you, Sandro, I sweated this one out. That's the first time I actually lost a pound. And I, well, I lost it watching... The game, um, listen, I knew that Austria was not going to be an easy out. I just didn't expect Italy to be as sluggish as they were for the first 90 minutes of the game. Uh, to be honest, I was surprised as well. Um, looking at the fact that they had plenty of time in between each game. Um, they, they had an extra day rest, if I'm not mistaken, on Austria. And um, I'm surprised as you are uh, on the fact that they didn't come out as, um, as fresh uh, as they did in the last few games. Sandro, I'm going to throw a couple of questions at you and you're going to tell me which one you think is most possible, okay? Um, Italy is not as good as the team that won their first couple of games convincingly in this tournament. Italy... Um, is not going to play as good as they did early on in the tournament because they weren't playing in Italy and didn't have that home crowd advantage. Italy is missing Chiellini on the back line to provide that experience and that reassurance because at times they looked a little bit nervous. Or, simply put, Italy is very good. It was just a bad game in their system. Look, I mean, uh, it, uh, you know, we, we need to be uh, look at the game properly. The first half, uh, we had total control of the game anyways. Uh, now, uh, for me, what stood out was the fact that Barella and uh, Immobile and Insigne uh, their, uh, and Verratti at, uh, as well, their, um, their energy at, upon losing the ball, so their defensive transition was a little bit weaker in the pa- in the, than in the past games. Uh, at the back, Acerbi played fairly well. Uh, Bonucci played very well, so I don't think Chiellini would have made uh, that much of a difference because, um, you know, I don't, I don't think Austria had so many chances that we were, oh my gosh, uh, on the edge of our seats at, at every single moment of the game. 
Um, what did hurt the uh, the Italians was was the rotation that Austria was uh, was creating in the midfield. Uh, they were constantly uh, dropping off and helping out the two center backs come out of the back when they were playing, and uh, they were um, you know that little rotation was causing a little bit of confusion in if, confusion in the uh, in the, uh, the defending tactics for Italy. Um, and honestly. Um, Berardi stayed out wide a little bit more than every other game instead of coming inside sometimes and receiving between the lines. Insigne wasn't too fresh. But in the end, uh, what's important at this stage of the, the, the tournament is that um, we won. We go forward. They got uh, till Friday to prepare for the next game. The next game is in Munich. You know the last time Italy played in Munich. What happened? So Of course. <laughs> 2006 World Cup semifinals versus Germany. They also went to extra time with two minutes left in extra time. Fabio Grosso scores that goal. And then Alessandro Del Piero seals the deal. They win 2 nothing in Germany. They go on to the final after beat France by a score of 2-1 to one and win the World Cup. Yes, I remember very well. All right, he's Sandro Grande. I'm Tony Marinero. It's a sick podcast, and it's brought to you by... Essentia, Essentia, the mattress of choice for many athletes, including over 25% of professional hockey players. Use code SICKPOD for a free pillow with your purchase. Essentia, beyond organic sleep. And once again, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. And that's where you can go. All right. Austria tried to put Italy to sleep. Obviously, Italy woke up with fresher legs and extra time. We'll get to that in a second. But I want to go back to the starting lineup, Sandro, with, of course, uh, Donnarumma as your goalkeeper, um, central defense, Bonucci and Acerbi. Acerbi there for Chiellini, who was still out of the lineup with that injury, not even fit enough to be on the bench. Di Lorenzo, a right back, Spirizzola at left back. A midfield with Giorgino in between, Verratti to his left, Barella to his right, and Immobile at striker with Insigne at left wing and Berardi at right wing. So a typical 4-3-3. But now let's talk about it if we can. The decision to go with Verratti, and keep out Locatelli. Your thoughts on what you saw from Verratti and whether or not you would have done the same thing. Before before I make any comment, I just want to make it clear that it's easy for us to talk behind the computer. Okay, So that needs to be clear to everybody because it's normal that for us to look at it and say Locatelli should have played instead of Verratti. Uh, obviously, at the end of the game, we can say that because Verratti had a decent game. Yeah. Uh, but the reality is that Locatelli looked really, really fresh in the first two games, right? So it's easier yeah. for us to, to, to say it now in hindsight. You know, uh, at the beginning, I said to myself, you know what, there's a little bit more class in there. What I didn't uh, like from, uh, from Verratti compared to Locatelli uh, in, in the first two games today was the fact that he was constantly coming next to or very close to Jorginho to receive the ball, whereas Locatelli was receiving it a little bit higher on the pitch at times and was attacking the box a little bit more often. So he was giving us more of an, uh, um, an offensive uh, threat. Um, and he was letting Jorginho dictate where the ball was going to be played. You know, now you have two guys that want the ball all the time. So obviously you need to share it. And when you do that, uh, if Barella is not going to be playing in between the lines closer to Immobile, it's going to be tough for them to find Immobile into feet and start combining in there because there's not, there's not many spaces and, and there aren't many options. So I think the decision uh, didn't go well today. Is it going to go well on Friday? Hopefully, uh, he, he he gets it right, whether it's going to be Locatelli or it's going to be Verratti again. And uh, like like I said before, I mean, you, we can't be criticizing these world-class coaches. All we can do is give our opinion in hindsight because it's easier for us to do it in hindsight than for him. Yeah. 
And obviously, I mean, Roberto Mancini has more information at his fingertips than we would have. A shout-out to Excellent Photo Sanctuary located in Montreal, close to downtown shopping, and university ships to all of Canada professional staff at the store and online to help you choose the gear you really need. Speaking of photo, um, this game featured, uh, on one occasion, going to VAR, where a goal was actually disallowed. Sandro, for a second there, it looked like Austria had taken the lead on a header but VAR shows clearly offside. Yeah, uh, VAR showed offside um, by a knee, by a foot. Um, was he going to call offside if we turn back the page and there's no VAR? Was the linesman going to call offside um, on, on his own? Uh, it would have been tight. It would have been tight. It would have been hard to see. Um, I've said it since day one. I know there's a lot of people that criticize VAR. There's a lot of people that uh, you know want improvements. And, and yes, we all want to improve the system. We all want to improve uh, the game. But I'd w I would rather um, a, a call on a VAR like today, uh, even if it works in my favor or not. I mean, we need to be able to go back. Like the penalty shot on Pessina, um, you know, if, if we don't see that there's an offside before that, uh, the, 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 ref, the ref might, might be calling a PK right on the spot, you know. So these little things, I think VAR has got it right, I think. FIFA has got it right. I think it brings uh, it brings a lot less mistakes to the game. Uh, do you lose a little bit of rhythm and a little bit of that flair? You know, like you have a team celebrating, like uh, if I'm not mistaken, Denmark today, Brathwaite celebrating like crazy, and now they got to go and check. Yeah. And now everything slows down, and the crowd slows down, and and it, it removes a little bit of that. Our our, our sport it has that flavor to it. It, it. it removes it a little bit, but the reality is. We, we get them right. More often than not, the decisions now are right instead of wrong, like back in the day. Sandro, I know that with Sandro Grande, former professional player, Marinero, the sick podcast, and you can, of course, listen to us via the iHeartRadio app and watch us on all social media platforms. Sandro, I know that Italy has scored a ton of goals already this tournament. I mean, probably nobody's looked better, to tell you the truth, even though today it was a struggle and required extra time. But is it just me or... There's something missing in the trident. There's something missing offensively. It seems like Benardi on his right side doesn't have a right foot. If he beats you, he's beating you on a straight line race. Insigne tends to slow everything down, and he's thinking more about coming back than he is going forward. Um, Immobile sometimes, instead of just being an in-the-box type of striker, is coming back way too much and is trying to have too many touches on the ball. Do you see this, or am I getting picky here? Look, I mean, you know, the reality is that we need to look at the individuals that we have and, and say, like, I've said it uh, for the last six months, a year, that Italy is good. Italy is nice to watch. Uh, they've turned the page on their old tactics. I've said that clearly. And I also said that they're going to be ready for the next event more so than they were going to be ready for this event. I thought they were going to do well in this event. Obviously, I'm Italian. On any pool that I'm going to do, I'm always going to bet for Italy. That's 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 uh, without without question, you know. The, but the reality is that they, they're going to need some time. I mean, Barella's 23 uh, or 22 or 24, so like yeah, around there. And and Locatelli's 23. The um, Berardi's not too old. He's 25, 26. You know, like we have a young team, and the attacking options uh, where we lack is probably up top as, 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 at a striker position where. Immobile is a decent player. I think his qualities, why he plays before Berardi, is because he's able to press uh, better than Verardi. 
he's also able to make runs into space better than than um, not Berardi but uh, Belotti. Um, and and he's 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 definitely more lethal in in, in the box than Belotti. Yeah. Um, having, having said that, I appreciated Belotti in the final minutes of the game. He brought the, he had the ball downfield. Yes. He was able to maneuver. He was able to hold on to the ball, protect it, shield it. Actually, took some time off the clock. He's hard to knock off the ball. Yeah, definitely, and that's that's exactly what he is. You know. So now, um, you know, you have Insigne on the left. Insigne Insigne is not super super fast. He's very good technically. And the reality is, the way Italy is playing, he's not really a winger. He's more of a number 10 because often he comes inside. He doesn't receive the ball out wide all the time. He receives the majority of his balls in between the lines and almost as a number 10, you know? So that's the type of player he is on, on, on the left. And on the right, you have Berardi that today, unfortunately, uh, yeah, he tends to come to the left uh, quite often. Um, one of the goals that Locatelli scored in the earlier games uh, he faked to go left. He went on his right, crossed it with his right. Locatelli had an empty net against uh, Switzerland, I believe. And and today he did that as well one time, one time. But we need to also be, we got to look at both sides of the coin. In front of him, there's David Alaba. And I don't think there's one club in the world that wouldn't want David Alaba on their team. Uh, so he had a tough customer today. Uh, it's not going to get easier. It's not going to get easier. But, you know, he's young. Uh, he's got time to uh, to show us his stuff. What I do like is that everybody that can come off the bench can contribute. Yes, and, that's, and, speaking, and that's a key. And uh, speaking of coming off the bench, of course, substitutions were made. Chiesa comes in. Uh, Bellotti comes in. Berardi goes out. Um, Immobile goes out at that point. Also, there were changes that were made in the midfield. Piscina came in. We'll talk about that in a second. So those fresh legs, I mean, ultimately, it's Chiesa who scores the big goal at the 95th minute. Yeah, it's Chiesa that scores the big goal. There's a run inside that attracts Alaba that opens the space for Chiesa. Uh, there's Spinazzola who's high up the field, who, who, who finds the second run instead of the first run. And, and you know, Chiesa's a, Chiesa's a goal scorer. I mean, this year he showed it in Serie A this year. Um, yes, Ronaldo scored many goals with Juve this year. The second guy on the list was Chiesa, and the second guy with clutch goals was Chiesa. Uh, so he's he's got he's really got something in his baggage. This 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 young player, and he's going to be fantastic for years to come. Um, so, like I said, you know, like when you have options like this off the bench, guys that can really help you out. Pessina has something. He has something to him. He doesn't look like the best player on the pitch. Uh, he doesn't look technically as sweet as a uh, as a Verratti, for example. But he finds himself in good areas. And even with Atalanta this year, scored quite a few goals as a midfielder. And just fantastic. Back to Chiesa. Goes to the right side, of course. He's able to control it, put it down, put it towards his left. He hammers it in the cross corner. As for Piscina, you talked about him. Ten minutes later, uh, he gets a ball in the box, too, and is able to, pretty, uh, to drill it in the far corner as well. Italy's up by a score of two to nothing at that point. It was pretty comfortable. 105 minutes left, 15 minutes, 105 minutes into the game, 15 minutes left in regulation. But four minutes after Pessina scores, uh, or was it, uh, I, I believe actually it was probably more than that. But anyway, uh, Pessina scored at the 105. So nine minutes after Pessina scores, Austria narrows the lead to 2-1. Sandro, it's a fantastic header. And it looked like the Italians were sleeping on a set piece. Look, Jorginho's on first post, and uh, what I saw or what I like, I don't know if the instructions that he got, he gets from from his from his staff is is what he did, but he came off the first post. 
he came off the first post to go and almost like challenge the ball and block the the shot. Whereas I prefer the guy stays on the first post, is ready for any shot, and then and that ball will never squeeze in there. I mean, Donnarumma has nothing to to do there; he can't do anything. And what's funny is that they score on the first post, where usually yeah. you have your short players running. Uh, and the taller players are usually in the middle of the box or the back post. And now you have the tallest player on the field who's two meters tall who scores and, uh, on the first post uh, on a diving header on, on plus. A fantastic header, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, a shout-out to sportbuffshop.com for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and more. Use code 615 for 15% off on all of their items. Man of the match, Spinazzola. I thought there were several players that stepped up. I thought uh, Chiesa stepped up and played well. Of course, we have to keep in mind, though, Spinazzola played the entire game, and most of Italy's attacks were actually down the left flank, Sandro. This player has been huge for Italy this tournament. Yeah, he's been well, and he's been very good. And, and you know what? The, the, the reality is is that it's, it's hard to defend him. It's hard to defend him because now all of a sudden you have a right-footed player coming down the left flank where he can cut inside or he can go on his left. And it becomes very tough to, to, to manage. And like I said before, with the combination of Insigne coming inside the line, now you always have your, 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 your wing back, your right back for Austria, who's, who's often in a 2v1 situation. They were able to manage most of the game, but the reality is that if it happens a couple of times that they're able to find that little combination inside and outside, like on the inside and outside lanes, on opposite lanes, uh, they, they can create 2v1 situations that are, are very, very hard to, to, to defend. Sandro Grande, if you could put a dollar down on my bookie and you could place your bets on my bookie, go to mybookie.ag slash the sick podcast and use code sick picks for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet win, get paid. Who do you like between Belgium and Portugal? Because guess what? Italy is going to play the winner of that game on Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern. And of course, the game will be played in Munich. Who do you see winning that game, Sandro? Uh, Belgium. Belgium uh, 2-1. And it probably won't matter if you think Belgium's going to win, but who do you think is a better opponent for Italy? Would you think that Portugal would be a better opponent thinking that Belgium's going to win the game or style makes fights? What do you think? No, I think it's going to be a tough game either way. I mean, those are two massive nations. Portugal has tons of talent. Belgium has tons of talent uh, in their squad. And uh, look, the reality is that you need to face the best teams to win the, the, to, to win the, the Euro Cup or any other cup for that matter. When you're in these stages, uh, it's knockout rounds. What I did like from Italy, to be honest, is the first half was pretty decent. Second half was not very good. But in, in, uh, in extra time, they did not sit back. They attacked. They want to attack. They want to score goals. There's n- there aren't many times in, in, the, you know, in the history of Italian football where we see Italy attacking this much. And, and um, look, I mean, in 2006, we won 2-0 in extra time against Germany in the semifinals. Uh, one of those goals was on a corner kick, and one of those goals was on a uh, counterattack where we cleared the, cleared the ball from our own box. Uh, here today, um, the first goal from Chiesa is not on a corner kick. It's not on a set piece, and they just want to attack, and, and Spinazzola is up the field. He gets the ball, receives, turns, finds the... Uh, the, 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 the Kiesa on the on the back post, and uh, so I I think there there's a different vibe, uh, but it's going to be a fantastic game. And like I've said since the beginning, I'm going to be proud of Italy because at least now we're playing football, and this is the football we need to play. Sandro Grande, Italy three nothing versus Turkey, three nothing versus Switzerland, one nothing versus Wales, 
and it wasn't easy, but 2-1 in extra time versus Austria. Sandro, we had turkey for supper. We had Swiss cheese for supper. We had whale for supper. And today we had ostrich for supper. Thank you for doing this. We're on to the quarters, Sandro. We're on to the quarters. Forza Zuri, andiamo, Sandro, andiamo. Forza, Forza Zuri. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Beyond organic sleep.